Hey, everybody. Welcome to You Are Born for This Podcast with Father John Ricardo Mary Guilfoyle. We're a couple of missionaries at Acts 29. This is the podcast where we talk about anything and everything having to do with transformation in the church. Mary, we're... I don't even know where we are. Are we in Mississippi or Louisiana? I think we're in Louisiana. One of the two. We flew into one state. We're in another state because we're here on mission to serve the priests and the deacons of the Diocese of Biloxi. Yeah, so uh, we, we always uh, just share this with people, uh, not because we want to like tell you we're traveling all around the world. We, we, we're begging for prayers. Amen. So uh, we're here with Bishop Kinneman and the priests this week, and then we're going to be with the deacons uh, over the weekend. So please... Please, please uh, cover us in prayer. Ask the Holy Spirit to descend upon all of our brothers that uh, he would come in power and renew and encourage and inspire and give hope and rejuvenation to everyone who's gathered. And uh, welcome back to the land of the living, by the way. You were down for the count over the weekend, so Albert and I had to man the show uh, on our own without the, the holy one of the three amigos well, over in the Diocese that. of Madison. So but- we were up there in... Uh, in Madison with Bishop Hine for the Eucharistic Congress on Friday and Saturday. And a huge shout out to everybody there. It was just a spectacular time of grace and real honor to be with everybody. And Yeah, for me, it's good to be back in the land of the living. It's good to be upright. It was hard to have to say no to a mission, but it was good for me to get some rest. And, and we trust that your sharing in the Lord's passion was part of the reason why God's anointing was upon us. Because uh, when suffering comes, it's never wanted, but we can waste it or we can use it and you you use it really well and i know you were uniting it to the cross for the the people in the diocese there and for us so thank you and can we give a shout out to our new friends uh in the archdiocese of chicago no no we're not that was the last chicago. mission that so that was right before madison and you know just as a source of encouragement uh to you our friends who who listen and have concerns sometimes around i mean we all have concern around you know, the church and, and, and what we desire in our hearts, which is this deep renewal and transformation. We did um, a day of renewal. We served the archdiocese and a day of renewal um, in Chicago. And we just met some beautiful new friends, yeah. people who are of spectacular day, one heart, one mind. And what we see the Lord doing in Chicago is absolutely amazing. And yep. a friend of ours said um, a set of months ago, he says, you know, we, we're living in changing times but the king has not changed. The king is still sitting on his throne. And so we have so many reasons to be encouraged as we meet men and women all across the nation who are striving for the same thing that, that we're all striving for. Yeah. God's raising up extraordinary people all around the country in the church. And Chicago was uh, a really tremendous time of grace for, for us personally, I think, just to see what's happening there. And, you know, maybe just a last word, and then we'll dive into the, to the topic at hand. The, the synod begins this week in Rome. And so it's timely for you to share all that just about what's going on, because I know so many people who are so anxious and fearful and nervous and wondering you know, about the synod, and we need, we certainly want to be covering the Holy Father and the bishops and all those who are gathering in Rome. But just remember, you know, like at the end of the day, either we trust God or we don't. That's It's really that simple. Either you trust God or you don't. And if you don't, well, then good luck. And if you do, then just breathe. And again, we're seeing so many encouraging things taking place all around the country and the church and all around the world. So let's keep our eyes on that. Not to bury our heads in the sand. There's some real things that need to get looked at um, and some some opportunities to to voice our petitions to the king. But don't be anxious, people, okay? Now, that said, we have a bit of a challenging word today. What is the topic for the day? Yeah, so our topic today, friends, is what does he want from me? How about right. that? 
and the he there would be God. So let's pray and uh, ask the Holy Spirit to come and give us clarity that we might know the answer to this question. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Father, we just entrust the day into your hands, our lives, our loved ones, the church, the world, our country, everything. We trust you, Father, for you are a good Father. So be with us now, anoint our conversation, may it Help us to know more clearly uh, what it is that you expect of us as disciples of your Son. And help us to be those, not just in word, but in deed. We ask it all in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Son Holy, Spirit. Holy Spirit. All right, Amen. take us away. Share the, uh, the word of the Lord all from right. Isaiah. So this is from Isaiah chapter 5, verses 1 through 7. Let me now sing of my friend, my friend's song concerning his vineyard. My friend had a vineyard on a fertile hillside. He spaded it, cleared of the stones, and planted the choicest vines. Within it, he built a watchtower and hewed out a wine press. Then he looked for the crop of grapes, but what it yielded was wild grapes. Now, inhabitants of Jerusalem and people of Judah judge between me and my vineyard. What more was there to do for my vineyard that I had not done? Why, when I looked for the crop of grapes, did it bring forth wild grapes? Now I will let you know what I mean to do with my vineyard. Take away its hedge, give it to grazing, break through its wall, let it be trampled. Yes, I will make it a ruin. It shall not be pruned or hoed, but overgrown with thorns and briars. I will command the clouds not to send rain upon it. The vineyard of the Lord of hosts is the house of Israel, and the people of Judah are his cherished plant. He looked for judgment, but see, bloodshed for justice, but hark the outcry. So I got a couple of just immediate thoughts, and maybe we can dive into this passage. So uh, the first thought is just, you know, I'm always struck by uh, how common it is for people to say things when they they hear a tough homily or a challenging homily, and the response is something like, you know, Father, I come to church to feel good. Well, good luck with that, because um, God doesn't always say things that make us quote unquote feel good, right? We should come to church to become good. Actually, that's what God wants to get out of it as opposed to, to feel good. God's word, like when Jesus says, and if you want to come after me, you must take up your cross, lay down your life and follow me. Like that doesn't make me feel no, like that's good, a, quite that, honestly. That's a hard word and, and this is a hard word. Yeah, so, so we don't go to church to feel good. We, we go there to hear the Lord how he wants to speak to us, then to receive him, and then to be sent out on missions. That's the first thought. The second thought is, you know, the first reading from the Old Testament is usually from one of the prophets, not always, but usually, and here it is again, it's Isaiah, and it's worth just reminding ourselves, God raises up prophets in ancient times and modern times, usually to address one of two things, idolatry or injustice. So either the people of God have, uh, have begun to move God down on the list of priorities and they've, they've forgotten to put first things first, namely God first, 
or they have fallen into injustice. This word is about the latter. The challenge here, the rebuke here is injustice, not idolatry. So Isaiah starts off, in, you know, it's, it's, it's generally thought that this is probably a word that the Lord gives him to deliver to the people of Israel during a feast. So this is like a happy occasion. It's like, hey, we're having a party and everybody's celebrating. It's probably the Feast of Tabernacles or the Feast of Booths when they give thanks to God for how he provided for them in the desert. And he's, you know, wandering up and down the rows and he's greeting everybody. And he says, hey, I, ha I have a word for you from God. I want to sing to you about my friend and his vineyard. So he starts by talking about God and then the people. And then it quickly becomes the word of the Lord just speaking directly. It's no longer Isaiah speaking. And it's all about how God has planted something and he's expecting fruit so hence the title, like, what does he want from me? Mm -hmm. You know, so oftentimes, you know, you know this better than me being a husband or a wife and a mom. I know it from counseling and from just being alive. What oftentimes causes conflict in our lives is a lack of clarity around expectations. You know, how often do we, you go in for a job review and you get this review, it comes out of nowhere and it's like, oh, it, I didn't know that's what you wanted from me. Like that, that would have been really helpful to have known in advance, you know, or it happens in, in relationships of all kinds too. God in this passage is speaking about his expectations of us. So he planted a vineyard. He's expecting fruit and he gets rotten fruit, right? Does that make sense? It does make sense. So Father John, break open what we mean here by the word justice. Yeah, so let's go to the let's go to the fruit because that's where that comes from. So the very ending of this passage is the is the money line, right? Where the Lord says, "The vineyard." So I'm talking about this vineyard, and the vineyard is you, the people of God. So we want to hear this as the church. He's speaking about Israel, but he want, we want to hear this now as the people of God, as uh, as the body of Christ walking the earth today, the people of Judah. Us, we're his cherished plant. He's, he's expecting one thing. He's expecting judgment, meaning he's expecting um, uh, impartial, uh, genuine care for others. And instead, he sees oppression, or you could translate the word that we translate as bloodshed, as slaughter. So he's expecting judgment. He gets slaughter. He's looking for justice. Instead, the outcry, where's the outcry coming from? It's coming from the oppressed, the poor. Those who should be treated with justice, but instead they're being, they're screaming for help and nobody's helping them. Does that make sense? Right, so so that that's to answer the question, what is justice? What God is looking for is his bride giving to others, our brothers, our sisters, our neighbor, what is due them? Yeah, which is, which is the what, technical definition of justice. What's is, justice? To give to somebody what they're due. What they're due. And, and that is ultimately, isn't that just ultimately then to love them? Yep. Bingo. Right? That's the million dollar answer right there. What does he want from me? He love. wants us to love them. Right. And, and But, you know, let's go back to what we've been talking about the last couple of weeks. That would seem so simple. Like, that's all he wants from me? 
Yeah, that's what he wants from you. He wants you to love your neighbor the way you love yourself or you, the way you want them to love you. And the way we've been loved by mm-hmm. the bridegroom. Right, right. But I don't know about you, that's a constant struggle. Oh, of course. <laughs> I'm, not, like, I'm not excluding myself from the conversation. I'm just trying to like get my head around yep. some language here in the, in the passage so I understand what the bottom line is. What the Father wants from us ultimately is to love, you know, love God, love people. Yeah, that 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 is to live a just life. That's to bear fruit, and, and that and that's right. right. And and we don't have to look very far, farther than our own backyard, to see that we're living in a world where we're not seeing a lot of that. I mean, this speaks directly to our culture, to our time, to yeah, our nation, to absolutely. our cities, yeah, to and, our churches. Yeah, and it speaks right to my heart. Yeah, right? and, and, oh, oh Lord, my gosh, the Lord says, if anyone says, "I love God, but he hates his brother," he is a liar. Mm. Hear that again. If anyone says, I love God, but I hate my brother, he's a liar. That's a hard word too. For anyone who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. Now I don't know about you, but like that makes me immediately just go, okay, so suddenly this painful rebuke of the people of Israel gets a little bit too close to home. Yeah, very personal. Because there's a lot of people that I struggle with. And I say this all the time when we're out doing mission, like a lot of them are people I don't even know. Like there's just a bunch of people I don't like who I don't even know. And, and yet in my mind, I'm harsh with them. I judge them. I presume to know what's going on in their lives, and I have absolutely no, no right ac- to presume that. No I don't access, have access to the heart. Exactly. Right. right? So this is a challenging word, and, and it's, it's something that, um, that I, I would suggest, you know, we all take seriously to heart so that the Lord doesn't speak this word to us. Like, John, I'm looking for fruit in your life. And I'm like, well, what, what kind of fruit do you want? I want you to love your, here's how you're going to know. This is how he put it to me said of years ago. Here's how you're going to know if you're growing in love for me. If you're growing in love for that person who you find to be so annoying. You love that person more? Then you're going to know you love me more. Mm-hmm. That's how this becomes very practical. And it's so simple and yet it's so hard. Yep. It's so hard. I'm just thinking about, even as I, you know, I, I'm thinking about like tonight as I lie my head on the pillow and I'm making my nightly examine, like I feel like I'm just going to ask the Lord, okay, Lord, show me where in my life am I yielding wild grapes? Mm. And I'm not going to have to look very far because um, the neighbor in front of me, right? I mean, who, whoever is in front of me is my neighbor. No matter if that's, you know, my precious husband, Steve, or if it's my, my brother, my sister, my children, the people that I work with, I mean, all, all day, every day, I'm having, I'm having communication. I mean, I live in community with, with people all around me, some that 
some that are more challenging. Yeah, face pops others. up on a, on a news feed or a name pops up in a news feed. And how many of us just immediately make a snap decision about that person? Like I do that all the time, like guilty as charged, right? Yeah. You know, we, we've talked about that too, I think, before Father John in conversations that we've had when, when, when those situations uh, come up in our lives, uh, whether it's a news story or, or whatever it might be, you know, we have an opportunity in our mind immediately to bless that person, mm. right? I mean, it's so easy to make the judgment. And then God willing, by his grace, we can ask God for the grace. No, Lord, I, I'm not going to go there. I'm going to ask you to bless that person mm. and change my heart. You know, we, we talk about it all the time in our work. I mean, the, 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 the remedy to the human heart is Jesus. The heart at, is at the root of what's wrong with the world and the church. It's, mm-hmm. it's my heart. It's my life. Yeah. My failure to love well. Yeah. And, you know, here we are, you know, I keep going back to this time of Eucharistic revival and we, we continually are asking the question when we're out talking with different folks about the Eucharistic revival, why does he give himself to us in the Eucharist? Like, what is he looking for? What's the fruit of that? Or, you know, sometimes we would say he gives us his body and his blood in order to what? And there's lots of answers to that, you know, to unite us to himself, um, to give us power, grace. To divinize but, us. But to make our hearts like his. That's why. That's one of the reasons why. And, and what's his heart look like? Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. About people who have just tortured him to death. You know, I'm, I'm thinking of some people who've shared emails over the last couple of weeks about people that they're really struggling with. And how, Father, can I forgive this person? Or how can I love this person. And, you know, we talked about what forgiveness means and doesn't mean a couple of weeks ago. And there's a difference between forgiveness and reconciliation. And there's a difference between love and, and liking. I'm not commanded to like, but I am commanded to love, right? I'm commanded to love. And Jesus gives you and me supernatural strength to love as he loves And again, I'm going to know if it's really having the intended effect if I'm growing in charity for those I don't like. So, you know, the vernacular translation of Jesus' words in the gospel, you like the people that like you, good for you. Who cares? Everybody does that. That's not my command. My command is to love those you can't stand. Love those who oppress you. Love those who say things about you. Love those who've hurt you. Love those who've said bad words about you, love those who've lied about you, love love those who've gossiped and slandered you, love them, then you'll know you're like me. That's what I command you to do. And I don't just command you, I empower you to do it. That's what he gives us himself to do. And as a result of all of that, Father Jonas, I'm just listening to you unpack all of that is love frees us. Mm, Good point. That is the most freeing, you know, there's a song was going through my mind from the seventies as I was hearing you talk about this. And the refrain is love hurts. Mm. And I'm thinking, <laughs> no, I don't know if you know the song. I'm I know it well, yes. Yeah. Not and a it, worship song, no, but very apropos. Yeah. But I'm thinking love does not hurt. Lo- love, pure love, selfless love, love for the other, wanting the wellness of another person frees us. And who doesn't want to be free? You know? Yeah, and it frees our other, it frees the other too. Amen. Which is, Amen. Which is essential. Amen. So I, I love your uh, you love your practical encouragement. Uh, how about this as an examine this week every night that we just kind of get on our knees or wherever it is you make your examine before you go to bed and 
We just ask the Lord, Lord, show me, show me where the fruit in my life is a little wild right now. Show me those thoughts or words, judgments, attitudes that quite frankly cannot be in me. I'm thinking people go, you know, I pray, Father, I don't hear God. Man, you ask that prayer, you're going to hear God really clearly. He's going to talk. He's going to be like, whoa, 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 stop talking. Okay, I think I get the point. So let's just, uh, let's ask the Lord, Lord, show me where, show me more. My heart just doesn't look like yours and where my, my words don't sound like yours. And, and, and let's be conscious as we go to the Eucharist. I keep going back to that line from Father Prentice Tipton that we both love so much, you know, where he says, most of us expect more from a bottle of Tylenol than we do from the Eucharist. We have no idea who it is who's entering into us and what it is he wants to do. He wants to put my house in order and clean up my mind and my thoughts and my words and my will. That should keep us busy. Good closing thought, Father John. Now, at the same time, remember, the one who's doing this is not an ogre. You know, it's not like God is just constantly waving his finger at me, reprimanding me. He wants me to become more like his son because the more I become like his son, then the more I will grow not only to be the man or the woman that he made me to be, but that I want to be will become genuinely, authentically human, which means we'll actually be happier. Because all this is true. Do not be afraid. God is with you. And you were born for this. Mm -hmm.